Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Fall is my favorite time of year. When I was a kid, my dad took me to see this college football game, and we sat in a packed stadium on a fall day that seated, I don't know, about 110,000 screaming fans. And we're watching this team run out of the locker room through this smoke-filled tunnel. Look, I didn't understand all the rules. I had no idea there was entertainment at halftime, but all I knew was that I was spending time with my dad, and there was no greater feeling than hearing him tell all those stories of days gone by, and I felt like the luckiest kid in the world. After the game, it was funny because we had forgotten to take note of where we parked, and it took us over two hours to find our car. Basically, we just waited for the entire parking lot to empty. And there it sat. We have laughed about that story for years. See, this event made such an impression on me. It became like a tradition to take our kids to football games and to rally around a team. See, there was something about those moments that they make us feel connected. They give you this deep-rooted sense of belonging. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about the power of creating traditions and why it's so important to have something that guides you through the seasons of life. So guys, I have a treat for you. Elizabeth Pearson, she's founder of The Exchange in Atlanta. So it's a nonprofit organization equipping women through monthly events to fill their cup so they can in turn give back to their family and their community. Okay, she's a mom of eight. Can we have just a moment here? And they have 12 chickens. (laughs) So she speaks at women's events on topics that include the lies women believe, giving your best yes, and the gifts of imperfection. Now, y'all know I wrote a book on this very subject, Living Your Best Life. So Elizabeth and I, I can already tell we're going to be best friends. So Elizabeth, we're just going to pretend that we're just chatting at our favorite coffee shop. Tell my friends about you, girl. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here. I, um, I too, am just a, a girl in the South like you. I do have eight children. Um, I'm married to the most patient man on the face of the planet, my husband, David. And uh, most people say he's like the steady oar to my very tippy canoe. Um, we have four <laughs> boys and four girls. And they range uh, 22, 21, 20, 18, 17, almost 16, 13, and 11. And uh, I live here in just north of Atlanta, and I run, like what you said, the exchange. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's it's funny because I, I have like four of those in the middle that you have that range from 20 <laughs> to 13. And now, then you've got two more in the front and the back. And it's, it makes me laugh because when I go to CBS and they ask for like, you get your medicine and they go, well, what's a birth date? And I feel like I'm calculating and recalculating. I need geometry and, and all the math. And I'm like, oh, do you have about I four minutes? I used to need the math. I used to need the math, but then I made a necklace with the birth dates on it because I could never remember. What a great idea. <laughs> oh, 
my gosh. So you have eight kids and 12 chickens. Tell me a little bit about these chickens. Um, well, we have chickens because it started out that we thought that we would just um, maybe use them to have some eggs to help feed the family, but it really is not cost efficient, but we enjoy it. We've got two golden retrievers and um, we, we do love animals and we don't live on a big piece of property, but enough to have chickens. So it's fun. You know, I love that because tradition, it's, it's a sense of passing something along, right? It's repeating something that someone else has done. And there's such a rhythm or a, a cadence to life, like when you know what to expect. And I am sure that my kids, for years, they didn't know what to expect. I didn't even really understand the power of tradition for a really long time until they began saying like what they loved and they would like to do it again. Because I was that crazy mom that was like, oh, well, let's just try this. Oh, let's jump out of a plane. You know, I'm like this Enneagram 7. Every day I wake up and I, I want the day to be different. If it were the same every day, I think it would kill me. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about like your family and maybe start with a little bit of Enneagram. Like what types of personalities do you have in your family? Well, I am a strong seven, a strong seven, but my, my main number, I'm a two, but so I have a lot of seven in me, just like you. I am married to the ninest nine of nines that there are, and I adore him. Um, there's great things about every number. And I actually have a couple girls that are twos as well. And then I have, I have some, um, a whole mixture. I've got a three, I've got, um, a five. Well, he, he says he's a six, but I think he's a five wing six, but we've got the whole gamut, but I do, um, Enneagram is one of my absolute favorite things to study. So for people that are like, what's an Enneagram, it's sort of a, like a personality test to kind of, I guess, puts people in categories, but, um, so a nine would be more like a peacemaker, which I'm totally married to, which probably keeps me out of jail and keeps us, you know, married and... <laughs> He's kind of oh. like the Healy. I'm the helium balloon and he's the one that holds it. And he's like that strong anchor. But tell me what's like, a, what's a two and a three? Okay. The two is a helper and I am a two wing three, but a helper is just someone that feels deeply. They feel big and they really do want to help others. They want to be needed and um, they just love big. Oh, wow. You know, maybe I, I think I have a couple of those as uh, my teenagers. So that's yeah. kind of nice, except the part on wanting to help. Is that <laughs> wanting to help? like laundry or dishes? Is there a <laughs> is there a personality for that? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Oh, my gosh. Well, OK. So was there a moment like a pain point in your journey that created this platform of change that you wanted to help women when you started the exchange, your nonprofit organization for women? My husband and I, just with the eight children, have been very involved in our community, uh, in school, in sporting events, sports teams, boards, um, politics. And so we had developed a lot of relationships within our community outside of church, outside of small group, outside of Bible study. And one day I was praying and I just felt like the Lord laid on my heart that he wanted me to start something and uh, do something. And I said, Lord, I'll do it. I just don't know what it is. And so I literally taped it to my closet wall and I just started praying for it. And I prayed for almost two years. And one day I was sitting in carpool and I was scrolling uselessly, aimlessly on, on social media. And I read something about a girl in Nashville that was doing something out in Nashville and literally the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And it was like, that's it. That's it. 
And um, it was just the craziest thing because I thought, well, that's not at all what I was envisioning, but I wanted to, um, right in that moment, I knew that I wanted to start something where women could come and they didn't have to belong to a church or a denomination or anything like that. And they could just come and they could be filled up and they could learn to live their lives on purpose and with intention. Um, what I find is that most women, not all, but most women tend to live on ground uh, autopilot and Groundhog's Day. And they get up, make their kids breakfast, you know, do the things, do all the carpools. And then whether they go to work or whether they play tennis and then go out to lunch and then come home and start the whole thing over in the afternoon. And then before you know it, they go to bed and do the same thing all over again the next day with no thought, no, no intentionality, you know, no purpose um, for the long term. So that's why we created it. And uh, it has just taken off ever since. It was about seven years ago. Wow. I mean, I wish I had that in my town. That sounds amazing. I mean, maybe there's something out there and someone could send me an email and tell me what that is. And I can talk about it on the show. But there is something about needing that sense and purpose, you know, just having that community and conversation and feeling like you belong. Oh my gosh. I love that. Definitely a need. Um, I was, my original vision was I was praying for 30 women to come to my house and we would sit around in my family room and we would talk about a different topic. We would use that to engage our minds. Uh, I mean, enrich our minds, engage it in our life. And so I wanted to do this, but, um, all these people were interested. And so I thought, man, I need to, I need to start counting to see how many we're going to have. And wouldn't you know, when we launched it in that January, it's always meets on the third Thursday, we, um, school was canceled. There was an ice storm, a sleet storm, <laughs> power was out. And I was like, well, no one's going to come, you know, that's just like it, you know, the way it's going to work. 130 women showed up to your house. Not to my house. We had moved it, thankfully, but it never was able to be the vision that I thought, which was like, let's sit around and talk. Let's sit around and dialogue about these important topics. So it it never really came out that way, but I feel like it's even been um, better than I had envisioned. Wow. Women are unstoppable. They are a force to reckon with. You know, we are decision makers. We are the boss. I mean, we are so powerful and we want we want something to happen. It will happen. Like we are we're not going to be stopped. We're not going to be moved. I love right. that when women come together. Oh, we are so mighty. Oh, we absolutely are. I mean, you said how powerful we are. And I think we're even more powerful together, just like you said. Absolutely. And when we're alone, it's so easy to feel shame or anger or feel isolated or, you know, I've walked into a room and no one says hello. And you're thinking, oh, I don't even belong here. There are all these lies that we tell ourselves and that kind of separates us and weakens us when we pray and we ask God to give us wisdom when we get off the couch and we make something happen or we go to one of these classes I mean the devil wants us to fail obviously because he he wants the plan to fail because God is going to do so much he's going to take that pain and turn it into something great how long has the exchange how long have you had this now? Seven years. Seven We're in our years. seventh season right now. Yep. We actually have, uh, we're meeting tonight. Our show today, we want to talk a little bit about tradition. Tell us a little bit about like maybe some stories or some things like uh, what do you guys do like every year that the kids really look forward to or enjoy? Well, we have, um, we do have some annual traditions that I, I like. And um, at Thanksgiving, I have three older brothers and every year for <laughs> as long as I can remember, um, my three older brothers and I have collectively 23 children. And so everybody comes to my house for the week 
the entire week and we all stay in one house and we have, uh, we rent out a movie theater one night um, during that time when they're here. We you do everything uh, do a big. Trot on- <laughs> yes, we do a turkey trot. Um, you know, Christmas Eve, we have a tradition where we go to a farm that I absolutely love. And then we go out to dinner and come home and uh, we watch old home Christmas videos um, from the years past. And my kids love that and they look forward to it. And we do other things like where the kids uh, get they do secret Santa amongst each uh, each other and, and we have a time limit and they have to run through the store and a certain amount of money and, and find something. And then people have to guess who it is. And my kids love those and the annual traditions are really fun, but I have to tell you my favorite ones are the small ones that are consistently done over time. Um, those really to my family and to my children, to me, it's been the most impactful. You know, that's interesting because it doesn't have to be anything like, whoa, huge or anything like that. But I do like what you said. Okay, first off, I remember I went to school with one of your brothers in Oklahoma. That's right. I forgot about that. And he's in Florida now. So I went to school with him. And let's see, you said that between the four or five of you? Four of us. Four of you. You have 23 children. Okay, wow. Even my sound engineer was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm just Baptist. I don't know what happened. And then you've got, (laughs) so then you had your own turkey trot. That's interesting. You know, I signed up with like the city to do that. And you have your own (laughs) turkey trot. (laughs) (laughs) It must be so fun being raised in your family because you are, you're just so fun and funny and (laughs) adventurous, but you've got that kind of like organizational. I remember one of my friends said they went to your house once and they were just hanging out and she's, and you were like, yeah, come on, let's go in here and talk in the living room, but you have to um, fold laundry. (laughs) That just cracks me up. Well, we definitely, in order to run uh, a home of 10, we definitely have to be organized and chores is a huge, huge, huge part of it. You're teaching these kids how to be productive citizens to fly, you know, to be independent and live on their own. And I know a lot of people have said, well, how do you do it? And I'm I'm just four. And some people go, well, I'm just I'm just two or only have one kid. And I think but you have to feed them and you get to love them and you still do all the things. Uh, recently, my kids said, Mom. During the the rush of all the holidays, mom, when are we going to eat on regular like plates? And I, you know, I just like, I just throw it out like boom, 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 like a Frisbee, all the paper plates. And I said, well, I'll let you know. (laughs) That's that's right. When I can. When I can. And it's true, though, you know, no matter, uh, you know, it makes me sad when someone says, well, I only have one or just one, because like you said, I mean, it's, it's, that's one, that's the one that God gave you. And, and I think there's benefit in parenting with a long-term vision in sight with chores, whether you have one child or whether you have eight, because, you know, if we're trying to raise up resourceful, responsible, respectable adults, you know, we don't want to do everything for them. And one of my things I tell women all the time is just because you can do provide or give doesn't mean you should. So it's, it's helpful for the kids to, to have chores so that they can learn how to grow up and be launched into society. Exactly. It's team spirit. It is team spirit. Yeah. And every Sunday night we have a, I don't know if it's a tradition, but every Sunday night we'll have a, a meeting just to say who's responsible for what. And, you know, just kind of customs of like, so, you know, cause my little kid, he'll be like, he's 16 and he works at a fast food restaurant and he'll be like, Hey, on the text, like the entire family, is anyone coming to pick me up? And no one answers. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, he's like, um, is, uh, I- I've got donuts, you know, 
Well, you know. I love that you do that Sunday night meeting because that's what I mean by like the small traditions I believe are are just as important, if not more important. On Sunday nights, we um, eat dinner in the family room and we watch either a TED talk or a documentary or something. Uh, sometimes it's a movie and we do it every single Sunday night that either David has watched and has picked for us or I've watched and picked for us. And then we discuss it afterwards. And it doesn't have to be anything big, but my kids know that. I mean, we have little traditions where the boys aren't allowed to sit at the dinner table until all the girls are seated. You know, that doesn't seem like a big thing, but over time they remember it and they talk about it. And, and even my kids that are, have launched and left home, they still do it. And, um, you know, so it's the little things I think over time that really make the big deposits in their memory bank. Wow. I'm taking notes and I'm sure every mom in the world is probably like driving down the road, going to get groceries, doing all the things. And they're like, er, I'm going to pull over on the side of the road or I'm going to listen to this again. What what area was this like? You know, uh, I'm going to tell you now it was like 1730, I think, was the time on that when you guys need to start taking notes on all the things that she just said. Oh, my gosh. So amazing. (laughs) Because we do that, too. I was thinking a TED talk. What a great idea. So our kids, we have a Sunday night dinner. And my son comes home from college. I cried and cried when he left because no matter how far away they go, they're gone. And people would say, well, where did, where is he? And I'm like, well, he's at ASU. You know, he's 12 miles away, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) But he does come home on the weekends and we have Sunday night dinner and we play games and then we'll watch a movie afterwards. But I've never thought about doing a TED talk. What a great idea. I mean, documentaries, anything that just gets them, you know, their minds thinking and and maybe from a different perspective and just kind of challenge their thought process a little bit. Absolutely. And and some great things that come from having tradition is creating security or creating stability, that sense of belonging, that source of identity, you know, because I know oftentimes people get in a gang or or someone gets in a waivers into a place that they shouldn't be it's because they have lost their sense of identity who they are where their place is and there's something to be said for those Sunday night dinners and flag football at Thanksgiving or stories around the campfire I know we had lost one of our largest clients when we were in Atlanta and we were forced to well not forced but we went on the road with my husband who was traveling a month at a time to places where it made us I felt like a single mom with four kids under seven and I felt angry and we pulled the kids out of school and homeschooled them and we started traveling with him and we created this these all these like traditions of campfire stories and uh, traditions of like hey you know kids don't try things when they're with their friends because of fear of failure or peer pressure. But when we were on the road, my husband would always say like every Monday night, we're going to give a little presentation on something, or I want you to prove that you could, whatever the kids wanted to do, a handstand or the splits or something that they had never done that they always wanted to do little things. It would be like the Monday night presentation. So like the turkey trot, you have your own turkey trot. We sign up with the city, but we still have a turkey trot. And I love that because you were instilling like this identity and team spirit. Doesn't that make you feel good that, you know, as the kids grow older, maybe they'll pass those things along as well? Oh, for sure. And and I just think these traditions, no matter the little ones, like, you know, we eat dinner around the dinner table 
every single night, you know, so it's like those little things like that. Those are the opportunities, like you said, with, with your husband doing a present, you know, the kids doing a presentation. It's like, you can use those opportunities with them around the dinner table to instill so many values, morals, just ideas. Like we sometimes role play, you know, just using that time, like, okay, tomorrow, you know, little Johnny's going to the dentist at seven o'clock, you know, how, what are they going to say when they get there? How are they going to greet the dentist? Just things like that. But when we're so busy and on the go and we don't, you know, make time for these little things like that, you lose a lot of opportunity to, to really train them up in the way that they should go. My goodness, I feel like I need a class under you. Do you <laughs> offer a class? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Do you have but... a website? Do you have a class or something I can take? <laughs> oh my gosh, people are going to want you to be interviewed again. They're going to be like, who is that lady? We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm really <laughs> impressed by you. So if you are just tuning in, I am interviewing Elizabeth Pearson. And she is founder of The Exchange out of Atlanta. And this woman is full of like great advice and ideas on tradition and just kind of like that flown and grown, getting your kids ready to fly. I mean, I could do like five episodes on you. So (laughs) we'll have to come back and chat on this. So a lot of the things she talks about on the lies that we tell ourselves and feelings of imperfection and all those things. I wrote a book called Living Your Best Life, and it is on those very subjects. So run, don't walk to get it on Amazon. If you are a mom on the go, you can get it on Audible as well. Her husband was our family dentist, and I never really got to know Elizabeth, but I knew her husband, and he was so great. And I got to hear all the stories of their eight kids, and we were talking about whether you have eight kids or two kids or one kid, you know, you can still create tradition and there's so much power in it and making them feel like they belong because tradition is passing down a legacy. I know for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, Elizabeth, but I love sweet tea. And when I go to Chick-fil-A, it reminds me of when my grandma, she had like three ingredients in her sweet tea and it was obviously the tea itself. But then she would put like a ton of sugar and put it in the windowsill. So it was like sunshine, sugar, and love. And now when I go to Chick-fil-A and I go through that drive through I love me a really large sweet tea because I think of that. And it just brings such goodness to my heart and connects me with my grandma. So what is one of your favorite traditions? Oh, goodness. In the um, last like two minutes, just kind of. You know what? There's there's so many, but I would say any any time or any um, opportunity that we take to slow down um, as a family, you know, cell phones are gone. You've mentioned campfire. We go camping a ton. And that is, you know, the cheap way to get 10 people, you know, on vacation. And so we camp a ton and sitting around the campfire or um, one thing David does that I absolutely adore about my husband is he never leaves the home without one child with him. I love it. (laughs) He just wants that one-on-one time with them. And um, there's just so many little things like that. Like I have different handshakes with some of my children and different traditions. When one walks in the room, it's different than when another walks in the room and how they embrace me. But I would say any any of the ways and any of the times where we're 
we're intentional in spending time together as a family. I love that. I love the handshake. I have a couple of those with some kids. And I would love to get back with you sometime and talk about the love languages because those are so important. So if you have traditions that you uh, have done with your kids or you've carried out into adulthood, just send me a DM on Instagram at Stephanie Pletka. And I would also like to thank the listeners for reviews because though my podcast is just weeks old, I already have 26 reviews and you are my reason and I appreciate that. So Parent on Purpose wrote, Stephanie effortlessly mixes the perfect blend of humor and wisdom into her show. Her laugh is contagious and carefree. An honest style and storytelling is captivating. So hey, thanks Parent on Purpose. If you have any quotes, books, scriptures, anything you want to tell us or even how listeners can contact you. Just three little quick tips. I would say anything that you want to instill with your children, I would say one, keep it simple so it's manageable and doable. It doesn't have to be massive. Two, I would say keep it fun um, and engaging so they want to do it. And um, three, be intentional with the daily ones. And as far as picking a favorite book or podcast or quote or anything like that, it's kind of like picking a favorite child. Um, It's hard to do. But uh, I would, I do love, I absolutely love Annie F. Downs podcast. She's a seven on the Enneagram as well. I love the Enneagram book, The Road Back to You. You've already mentioned uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. And my favorite devotional is the Draw the Circle 40-Day Devotional. Oh, those are awesome. Thank you so much for your three actionable steps on how to start a tradition. I just want to thank you so much for your time. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.